John, pretty much every adult who wants the vaccine has it. So what about those hesitant people? David, stop throwing stones. There's a good group of people who are willing to be vaccinated, but they need a better reason to do so. Well, let's hear what the doctors are telling them. Welcome to Care Talk, your weekly home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll with CEO of CareCentrics. So John, where do things stand in terms of vaccination rates in this country? We're actually doing pretty well. You know, I was surprised that we got beyond 30%. What's the current number? John, they say about uh, over half, like about 56% of the adult population has had at least one shot and and about 45% are fully vaccinated. And so that what that says to me is that this 4th of July goal of vaccinating 70% of adults with at least one shot and about 60% fully vaccinated is doable. You sound as usual skeptical about President Biden's prediction about that 70% goal. And I think you should be. I'm really nervous. I, I, I think that the people who are, I mean, rich people, people from New England, people from the People's Republic of, of, of Massachusetts, a lot of the logical early adopters have been vaccinated. I, I think that 70% goal is pretty high. You know, I think one thing that they've shown us of the Biden administration is they're good at sandbagging the goals. So I think they, they think they're going to get there. And I, and I think if we look at what the doctors are out there telling people that we actually are going to see that we get there. You know, one of the things that I don't love that much is to hear about anybody who hasn't had the vaccine is to be called vaccine hesitant. You know, when we when we look at things in, in economics, and I know you're going to wham me for, for being a geek or a nerd or a wonk or whatever, but there's usually a technology adoption curve. You know, now everybody has a cell phone, like 95% of people have a smartphone, but they didn't all get them on day one or in the first few months. Are you losing track of the, of the, of the train of conversation here? We're talking about why are people hesitant to get the vaccine and how are we going to get to a level where we are safe to reopen society. I mean, come on. John, I'm paying attention. You know, so we didn't call people smartphone hesitant if they didn't get a vaccine in the first month or a smartphone that is. So let's talk about the argument. You know, there there are about five arguments that I've heard from from doctors uh, about this. So let's start off. So the first one I've heard is that, you know, the risk of complications from the infection from the virus is much worse than the risk of side effects from the vaccine. I mean, that's one reason people have been hesitant. I don't want a side effect, you know, from the vaccine. But the truth is, you know, what happens if you get the virus is much worse than getting the vaccine. Well, and in fact, the range of what can go wrong is much greater than the range of what can go wrong if you get the vaccine. I mean, you've got a case of a, a teenager the other day who died of COVID, and, and there have been pe- cases of young people being in the hospital. This myth that it only, it definitely affects the elderly the most, and that's where we've had the most serious injuries and deaths. But this is a very sneaky virus that can take down any one of us. And these vaccines really work. And so if you're worried about feeling a little bit like you've got the flu for a day or two, which doesn't even happen to everyone, uh, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's sort of a, a light problem compared to the big risk of getting super sick. John, one of the things that people get nervous about is they, you know, they don't understand how the vaccine works. They're afraid this, they're going to have this vaccine that's going to be, you know, in their system and what's it going to be like. The truth is that, you know, the vaccine really kind of primes the immune system. And then it- But what does that mean? But, but just maybe, maybe to help people understand, what does that priming the immune system mean? So John, you know, when you think about what the mRNA uh, vaccine does, 
you know, it, it really it kind of delivers the M is the messenger. So it, it delivers a message to the cells that are near the injection site. And those cells use that message and they create the spike protein. And that, uh, you know, is what primes your, your system. And this, and the, the vaccine just is then removed from the body, uh, just by regular processes that, you know, that flush things, uh, out of your body. And after a few days, you don't have that, um, you know, that vaccine in there anymore. And the immunity comes from the antibodies that your body creates after it's received that message to do so. Yeah, so you're actually creating your own defense system with your body and the virus, the, the virus and the, and the, and more importantly, the vaccine are yeah, gone. Yeah, the vaccine is gone from the body. Now what happens when COVID gets in there, first of all, it infects all kinds of cells and the virus itself is usually around for 10 days, even if you're not symptomatic. But then if you actually get sick, you know, people have the virus for months and you hear about these long haulers, uh, you know, we're not talking like a day of uh, recovering from the vaccine. We're talking about, you know, some people months and, you know, a year, a year plus at this. No, you've got, you've got a good 20% of estimate. We don't really have the right number of people who have long semi-permanent conditions that affect their heart and their lungs and 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 it's it's extreme potentially their brains it's really serious right? I, I and the that's a much bigger risk than feeling like, like you've got the flu for a couple of days John another thing is that you know people listen to their their friends it's, it's normal you listen to somebody that you that you trust to decide whether to get a vaccine or not now there's some people that really you know follow the, the science and are just kind of you know on board and, and gung-ho and, and frankly that's that's a lot of people who've gotten their vaccine I'm in that on that group you're in that group my family's in that group so is yours um, but then you'll look around and you'll say well gee what else is happening one of the things that's happening is as we go from having a shortage of, of vaccine to having a surplus now people can go and actually talk to their doctors they can get at their doctor's office they get at the pharmacy and what you may have heard is that well, there's a lot of people, hesitant people in the medical sector. They say, well, if medical people aren't getting it, what about me? But if you actually look and you say physicians, physicians who are the ones that are, you know, the most training and are in the best position to really evaluate it, up to, you know, 95% of doctors are actually already vaccinated or say they're going to get the vaccine, uh, you know, in uh, going to get the vaccine shortly. And I think that's also one thing, a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations people have with their doctors, that will bring them along. But that it's interesting because that hasn't been underlined. So the people who know the most about healthcare, the doctors are all getting vaccinated. I think that's a really important statistic to double click on because they are put injecting themselves with this protective immune reactive vaccine that creates that gives them protection. I mean, it's it's really an amazing technology. What's interesting too, John, uh, I've been speaking about, and I hope we'll have a chance to talk about this soon. Uh, you know, they're going to be, uh, FDA is likely to be approving vaccine for younger folks. And the people I know, a number of people who've had their kids enrolled in clinical trials, you know who these people are? Pediatricians. So these are physicians who've gotten the vaccine themselves and feel like, yeah, they want their kids to, uh, they want their kids to have it. So interestingly, John, another argument, and this comes from different angles, you know, is to say the more we vaccinate, you know, the faster we can return to normal and revive the economy and end this damaging social isolation. If you want to look for examples of where it's gone well, take, take a look at Israel. You know, they had a 97% reduction in cases uh, after doing a universal vaccination program. And then meanwhile, take a look at India or Brazil that said, hey, the virus isn't real or we're going we're gonna to open up. They're, they're in trouble. And John, there's, there's local versions of this. We were talking before the show about, you know, what it might mean 
to returning to normal. And you talked about New England. How about uh, in the South? How about in the football strongholds? Well, you've got you've got Nick Saban, the, the fabled coach of Alabama, probably the best college coach uh, that we've ever seen. And he's going forward promoting vaccine participation because he knows we aren't going to be able to go into football games and return to life as we know it unless and until enough people locally get vaccinated and it's safe and we kind of contain and, or kill this, uh, you know, this coronavirus. Uh, your buddy, ex-president Trump, uh, is, is, is even supporting vaccination from Mar-a-Lago. John, uh, on the fall, I'm going to leave aside the... Uh presidential comments but on the you know on the football side there's no home field advantage unless you can fill up the stadium and so i mean you know people everyone's got their own particular reason you talk about hesitancy what's your motivation to do it and that's one thing to get out and do certain things you know somebody might want to meet their new niece or nephew uh somebody might be uh hesitant and they find out well gee you know what i'd like to meet that kid i'd like to you know and so you're going to find people with their own reasons for it and i think we're going to get from 50 to 70 no problem on that kind of basis yeah, no, I, I think that the the um, we and we but we should shoot for everyone. This is a really amazing technology, and I think that the the we we are we are a lot of the vaccine um, um, lies and nonsense are being promoted on social media channels uh, that are not controlling uh, the fact versus the fiction. The Facebook phonies, uh, the Twitter posers who are making up stories. I mean, when you've got the people, I mean, you know, something like 72 to 80% of all Americans believe that medical experts should be making decisions. Um, and only 27% think that, that politicians should be making decisions about healthcare. I think, unfortunately, we sort of lost the narrative with the exception of Dr. Fauci, that actually this is deeply based in medicine and science and that your local doctor is buying in. Um, you know, unfortunately, this is one place where this is a particular place where kind of the social news platforms are undermining uh, uh, the hard truth of, of vaccines. And I, I'm nervous about hitting the 70 percent unless we find more a clearer way, whether it's through celebrity coaches like Nick Saban or your or local doctors and hospitals to get folks. Because I I think it's um, until we contain it and get to a very high level, I do worry that we can't open up our economy. And I missed the world that we had a couple of years ago. John, I think to, to sum things up, um, you know, people are a little numb to it now. They're, you know, more than half a million heading on to 600,000 Americans that, that have died of this. But in a simple manner, you can say, you get the vaccine, you're saving the lives of other Americans. For the individual, the vaccination is safe and it's effective. And for the community and for the country, vaccination is critical. And the latest estimates, so we could save something like 125,000 lives if we get to that high level of vaccination that should be possible. Well, I think what you're going to find, David, is that uh, by the fall, those who are vaccinated are going to have a lot more freedom than those who aren't. And as that cost of not participating in this wonderful public health innovation um, goes up, I think you're going to, that's when I think you're going to see us get to the 70 or 80% participation that, that we all know uh, would be most protective of our society. And, when, and frankly, as you point, save lives. Excellent, John. Well, I know you've been uh, smartphone hesitant, but I'm glad that you're not vaccine hesitant. And uh, this is David Williams, president of Health Business Group, closing out another edition of Care Talk. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of Care Thanks for listening. 